Dylan Strom and the Capitals take down the Sabres. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And the best way that you can help grow the show is to subscribe to Locked On Capitals on YouTube and comment anything down below. I would love to talk Capitals hockey with you one-on-one, and we can do that on subtext. Just check the show description for more details. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about your Capitals as they take down the Buffalo Sabres in a back-and-forth and back-and-forth back game, but the Capitals reign supreme as Dylan Strom finds the back of the net in overtime in just a real test of this team, getting put through its paces but still rising above. We'll talk about that in the show. A little bit later, we will talk about concerns uh, with the special teams, so we're talking about the PP, the PK. A little bit later, we will talk about how it's more balanced balanced scoring now. Before, I said it was always just the bottom six. You know, it was the young guys. But in tonight's game, what did you see? You saw Oshie getting his first goal and Tom Wilson finding the back of the net. But just to get it going here, we will talk about how the Capitals showed a lot of tenacity, a lot of fortitude as they were down and had to fight their way back a couple times in this game, and they found a way to do it. And ultimately, I would have it no other way than to to be able to be down and work your way back into it, and then not only just tie, not just get like a, a you know a bonus point for making it to overtime, but to find a way to to close out the game. And take down the Sabres was just a really, really huge moment uh, for the Capitals as they continue uh, to keep rolling. And don't look now, but the Capitals now are in second place uh, in the Metro Division as they continue to just keep humming along here. They are now uh, just on pace for doing great things. Only the Rangers uh, are ahead of them. So just uh, you couldn't really ask for anything more from this Capitals team right now as they just keep steamrolling and playing really well. But just taking a look at the game tonight in particular, again, it was just one heck of a game. It was a 4-3 overtime win. The Capitals have now won five straight games. Um, And it's, you know, interesting thing, you know, if I can just think back to the beginning of this season when they were 1-3-1 and and everyone was panicked, and I was to a certain extent as well, but my, my how times have changed. They have earned at least one point in seven straight games, 6-0-1, and are now 9-1-1 one, one 
in their last 11. And how is it getting done? You know, oftentimes people ask me, well, what what is different about the Capitals now than in the beginning of the season? And it's just like I'm going to talk about a little bit later, they're getting scoring all up and down the lineup. Now that you have T.J. Oshie scoring his first goal of the year, you see Tom Wilson scoring, Alex Alexiev with his first goal, um, it was pretty impressive. And, you know, one of the things that I spoke of on the show is, you know, we talked about the bottom six. We talked about Protus, and we talked about McMichael and LaPierre and Abe Kubel. But now you're actually getting scoring from the big names, uh, like I'm talking about here. Oshie, that's a big thing. I think that, you know, more scoring will come now from TJ Oshie that uh, he's finally off the schneid there and he can kind of, you know, put that negative thoughts out of his head about why am I not scoring goals? Uh, Just really uh, a key thing. And, you know, the only player that's really missing from this equation is Alex Ovechkin. If we can get him dialed in, that would be really great. But just taking a look, Alex Ovechkin is still getting production out there as he had four shots on goal and logged 2019 of ice time. Now he didn't get a goal. He didn't get an assist, but he is getting his contributions. He is doing his darndest to, to score goals. He just has been a bit snake bitten, but taking a look at the powerhouses out there, the guys that are really logging the big minutes on the blue line, take a look at John Carlson, 30 minutes and five seconds of ice time. Rasmus Sandin, 2702. There are a lot of guys that are really pulling their weight Um, And sometimes it's the unsung heroes that are the ones that are getting it done. Uh, Tom Wilson, as we know, uh, did get a goal on the night, but he also had four shots on goal. Uh, Protus didn't find the back of the net, two shots on goal. Um, So it is just really a, a team that's all collectively pulling on the rope. That's what's getting it done. There's not one player in particular that's really popping off the page. You know, it is an interesting thing for me that they ended up going back to Um, Darcy Kemper, I thought they should have kept going with a hot hand with Charlie Lindgren. And I expect they will probably have Charlie Lindgren in net uh, versus Edmonton on Friday. Um, And, you know, some people are going to say, and I thought to myself, you know, when uh, Darcy Kemper allowed in those two goals, I'm like, here we go. This is exactly what I'm talking about. And when they kind of panned over to Spencer Carberry, the look on his face was kind of similar Like, what's going on here? But if you did watch the game in real time, there weren't a lot, you know, of things that could be done about stopping those goals. There really wasn't. Um, I mean, just great shot. The one was screened. Uh, The second one was just kind of just a really great shot, for lack of a better word, um, that I don't think that, um, you know, really any goalie Uh, in the National Hockey League could have saved it. Maybe Charlie Lindgren could have. I guess I don't know. But uh, I think all things considered, if we take a look at how Darcy played, he played pretty well. All things considered, he saved 24 of 27. So uh, again, this is his first game back, and I'm not trying to cut him a bunch of excuses, but I think he played okay, all things considered. I think that, you know, potentially Charlie Lindgren could have played better, uh, but ultimately they have to uh, give the net back to uh, Darcy at some point, you know, just to get him some game time out there. Wilson scored uh, with 115 remaining to force overtime. And I was happy just in and of itself. You know, I was getting to the point where there was a couple minutes left in the game and I'm like, here we go. I'm going to have to tell everyone about a Capitals loss. And why did they go back to Darcy Kemper? If they would have just had Charlie Lindgren in there, they, they would have won the game. As it turns out, the Capitals rose above. Tom Wilson, Dylan Strom, uh, who scored 
with 3.6 seconds left in overtime uh, to pick up the big 4-3 to three win. I was thinking, you know, it was going to go to the shootout, but I'm ultimately glad that Dylan Strom was able to find the back of the net so it didn't have to go to that. Again, a big night for Alexia, first NHL goal. Oshie's first goal of the season, um, and Kemper, who, who made the 24 uh, saves on the night. So we couldn't ask for, a, a, you know, a whole lot more. I guess, you know, what we could ask for is if we the game didn't get out of hand in the first place. All things considered, it would have been better if the Capitals would have won 3 to nothing or 4 to nothing, something like that. But that's not the way any of these games are really going to be for the most part. I mean, you run into those on occasion, but by and large, when you're playing another team in the NHL, um, they're going to give you a pretty good fight because they're that good. And the Buffalo Sabres were that as they are loaded with really great young players. And why is that? Because they have been horrible for so many years that they have stockpiled um, just these really great players. And, you know, they were talking about it in the game that, you know, at one point there was like three or four number one round picks playing in the game. Uh, So on paper, you would think that the Buffalo Sabres would just be untouchable because they have just all these top tier talents out there. Uh, As it turns out, uh, wasn't really the case, but it was just an excellent evening. Uh, Nick, a special evening for Nick Jensen. Uh, will play his 500th career NHL game as he did tonight, despite being the 53rd defenseman selected in 2009. Jensen ranks 15th in games played and points 122 among defensemen in his draft class. So Nick Jensen, another guy that is just always playing. Uh, a huge role uh, on the Capitals. But what is it more about anything uh, tonight was the Capitals pulling together. The Capitals had to rally from two deficits to pick up the win. Not one, but two. And that speaks volumes of this team about how they were up against it and found a way to fight back not once, but twice. Uh, it was pretty uh, just a special evening. Uh, the Capitals surrendered the first two goals of the game, and they had to fight back. And that was the tough part. And, you know, and that is showing the true test. This is the team getting put through its paces that oftentimes earlier in the year, and historically, if the Capitals allowed the first goal first, they didn't do so well. Not the case now. They are finding a way to to get back into it. So, just a really great uh, evening for the Capitals, all things considered. And I'm glad now that they're starting to get more even scoring. It's not just the bottom six. While, while that was great, that was a good statement to make for the bottom six. Now they're starting to get contributions from some of the bigger names, some of the players that have been on this team for quite some time. And I think that that is really telling of how this team is growing and kind of amazing if you think about what they will be like in the future. All right, so coming up here after the break, we will talk about that more balanced scoring for the Capitals. What can we expect coming up? I'll talk about that next. New NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Alex Ovechkin could score 50 goals, the Capitals could hoist the Stanley Cup, and you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports, and especially especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey. Let me tell you something. Before Sleeper, I wasn't really that into fantasy sports, but now that I'm into 
sleeper. I can't I can't get enough of it. I think that you will love it as well. To win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Caps fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for more details and locational availability. Early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads player props, over-unders, and more. And let me tell you something, guys. If you're watching a football game, if you're watching a basketball game, say you're not that interested in it, open up the FanDuel app, put a little bit of money on the game, and all of a sudden the game is that much more exciting. So head over to FanDuel right now. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So what is one of the refreshing things about the game tonight is like what I talked about is even scoring uh, and getting scoring from, you know, the big marquee names that are traditionally the big goal scorers on the team. See TJ Oshie, see Dylan Strom, see Tom Wilson. That is encouraging. And then not to mention you get the goal from Alexiev, his first NHL goal. And then, you know, you think historically, as the Capitals have gone on this winning streak, it's been the bottom six, but now you're getting the bigger names. This is a team that's scoring on all cylinders. Quite exciting. Like I said, all we need is for Alex Ovechkin to, to really kick it in, and I think uh, that uh, this team will be on fire. TJ Oshie scores his first goal of the season, and he tied it up with the goal. Oshie ties Dale Hunter uh, for the 11th most goals in franchise history. Uh, so TJ Oshie, even though he has been a bit absent from the score sheet as far as goals scored are concerned, uh, he was lighting it up. And then, what am I talking about? Even scoring. Connor McMichael recorded the primary assist on Oshie's goal. Uh, so while Connor McMichael didn't score the goal, he got the assist on it. That's the future. That's the present. That uh, Working together. And that's what's exciting. You take a look at Connor McMichael. He is a huge piece of the present and the future. Uh, TJ Oshie is, you know, a player that is playing big now, but, you know, probably, you know, coming up on the end of his career here much earlier than Connor uh, McMichael, shall we say. So just a really great evening. It was the first goal in 19 games for Oshie. His last goal came against the Columbus Blue Jackets on March 21st, 2023. He had scored back on November 2nd, but the goal was waved off. And I think that that is going to be huge. Uh, for T.J. Oshie. Like I said, he can put that, you know, out of his mind that, you know, I haven't scored a goal yet. And I think that ultimately that's what it's about. That's what it's been about for T.J. Oshie. I think that that has been to a certain extent with Alex Ovechkin. Even though Ovechkin has scored goals this year, I think that to a certain extent, he's still kind of wound up in his head thinking to himself, 
why am I not scoring more goals? And I'm supposed to be catching Gretzky here. Uh, so I think that once everything starts gelling and kicking in, I think that uh, things will start to go along that much better. Tom Wilson scores his fourth goal of the season. He tied it up with 115 remaining in the third period, when the Capitals were out of it. I even thought that they were out of it. I'm like, well, here we go. It was a pretty good game, but they're going to be out of it. Don't tell that to Tom Wilson as he just nails the shot. Most impressive, one of the best shots that I've ever seen him shoot. Wilson has recorded five points, four goals, one assist in his last five games against the Sabres dating back to 21-22. So what would you say about Tom Wilson? Tom Wilson has the Sabres number. I think that is a safe thing to say. Uh, and then, you know, just a really a great evening, all things considered. And then Dylan Strom, uh, as we know, gets the game winner. Dylan Strom became the third player in franchise history to score a goal at 455 of overtime or later following Kelly uh, Johansson and Peter Bondra. Um, so, you know, he's putting himself in quite uh, an exclusive uh, a category there. That was from the uh, uh, NHL PR. They had that stat there. So, you know, Dylan Strom has been such a pleasant, uh, I, I hate to say surprise because I always kind of knew he was a great player. I didn't think that he was, you know, necessarily going to be this good, but he has been just an amazing player this year and is finding the back of the net on a regular basis. And that's most refreshing considering this is a player that was set aside. This is a player that wasn't given a qualifying offer from the or from the uh, uh, Chicago Blackhawks that it is impressive that he's getting it done. Uh, and then taking a look at John Carlson. Like I talked about with John Carlson, he logged a tremendous amount of time in the game tonight, but he also recorded his team-leading ninth assist of the season on Wilson's goal. Carlson's 10 points, one goal, nine assists this season, rank second on Washington. So just an amazing uh, player, all things considered. And we know, we I'm not telling you anything new. John Carlson is such an, a, a key piece to this team. Uh, he logs a ton of minutes on the blue line, but also can get involved in assists and scoring opportunities as he has a great shot. Um, it is just an amazing thing. And taking a look at Strom, Strom is now just two goals shy of 100 career goals. Score has scored the game-winning goal in two of the Capitals' last three wins. Let's give this guy some kind of an award or something. I mean, he's just, he's lighting the score sheet on fire and definitely some of the secret sauce uh, for the Capitals and ultimately why they are winning games. So that is what we're looking for uh, as the Capitals prepare to take on the Edmonton Oilers on Friday. As we know, they take Thanksgiving off as they should, and then they're back in action and they will be taking on, let's face it, a really poor Edmonton Oilers team. What do we know about the Oilers? They had a coaching change because they have been horrible this year. Um, and, you know, there's some uh, big names on that team. Connor McDavid, for example, people asking him questions about why the team isn't doing that well. He's sick of answering the questions. Uh, so I think that, you know, it, I think the big thing is the Capitals don't want to fall into what you call a trap game where you go into the game thinking, well, this is a struggling uh, Oilers team. We should be able to just mop the floor with them. I mean, I think that the Oilers still, I know, um, actually have a lot of great, great players on that team. You need to take a look at Nugent Hopkins and McDavid and Dreisaitl. They're just really loaded. Kind of the bugaboo about that team is they've always had subpar 
net minding, and that's kind of a, a you know a familiar theme with a, a lot of different teams in the NHL. You can take a look at Calgary. You can take a look at Toronto to a certain extent. So um, it's going to be an interesting test for this team. Uh, again, I would expect, and I, I don't have it on any authority, but I would guess that um, Charlie Lindgren should be back in net. I think that you know Darcy Kemper has shown steps of improvement, but for me. I know that, you know, the Capitals won tonight, but for me, it's still Charlie Lindgren is the number one as far as I'm concerned. And I think that oftentimes, you know, just we have a hard time shaking titles. And I think that that would be key for the fans. And I think that would be, you know, important for everyone to just let's let the guy that's going to give the Capitals the best chance of winning games. Let's put him out there. Let's not worry so much. Uh, about the titles. All right, so coming up here after the break, we will talk about special teams concerns. As we know that uh, the PK has done been playing very well, but it struggled a bit tonight, and the power play continues to be subpar. What can we expect, and how do they improve? I'll talk about that next. Coming up on the time of year where you can kind of be down in the dumps. You know, the days are getting shorter. Sometimes your mental health isn't always the best. That is why you need help, and that is why you need better help. This time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it, but adding something new and positive your life can be counteract some of those feelings. Ther- therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to to make you feel grounded and give you the tools to manage everything going on. And sometimes in day-to-day life, it's easy to kind of push aside the stresses, the things that give you anxiety. And what happens is it builds up and it builds up until you blow up or at the end of the day, you're just really miserable person, but there are people that you can reach out to. That is why you need better help. And uh, if it's one of the things that we know nowadays is that you don't need to, you know, just settle for being unhappy all the time, you can go out and, and reach for help. And the folks at better help are there to help find your bright spot this season with better help. Visit BetterHelp dot com slash locked on NHL today to get 10% off your first month. That's a better help. H E L P dot com slash locked on NHL. Come back into this edition of locked on capitals, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. So one of the strong suits of This team this year has been the penalty kill, and up until tonight, it has been very, very good. One of the best, or near the top in the NHL, but it struggled a bit tonight, and the power play continues to struggle. So despite the different things that they've done in practice, shaking up who's on uh, power play one, who's on power play two, they have still struggled. So what were the power play units out there. So the first power play unit was Oshie, McMichael, Strom, Ovechkin, and Carlson. And power play two was Wilson, Milano, Mantha, Ovechkin, and Sandine. Um, And that's kind of mixed and matched, as we know. It's not like a set-in-stone thing, but that was the official uh, power play one and two unit out there. And they have struggled. And ultimately, why is it? I get asked that quite often. I got asked that by Gil on Locked On NHL. And I just think that, you know, it's the systems. It's too predictable. They keep trying to do the same thing again and again. And I guess I don't have a real easy answer for how to fix what ails 
the power play for the Capitals, um, but it is something that is going to, it's going to need some work. And, um, you know, I think that the biggest thing is, you know, getting it to Ovechkin, but don't make it predictable. Don't give it to him from his office. And, you know, some people said maybe have Ovechkin up in the bumper position, um, you know, and I guess I think that at this point, they're just taking it and throwing it to the wall and seeing what sticks, because ultimately we don't know what is wrong yet. We just know that it is not being effective. What I do know for sure, for sure, is that it needs to change. The Caps had a chance to tie the score late in the first period, thanks to a late power play opportunity, but they couldn't convert. So the Capitals did find a way to win this game with some late-game heroics from Tom Wilson and Dylan Strome, not to mention earlier in the game T.J. Oshie and Alex Alexiev. However, had they lost this game, I think the stink of not converting on that late power play opportunity in the first period would have been something that we'd be talking about right now. Like, this has got to change. And I think that oftentimes you can kind of sweep things under the rug when you get a better result. The Capitals picked up a victory. So sometimes it's like, I don't want to think about the negative thing. But it's something that is going to need to be addressed at some point. Because, you know, to a certain extent, the Capitals got lucky. You know, they found the back of the net. Um, but say Tom Wilson didn't score, say Dylan Strome, you know, didn't score the goal in overtime, then this would be a different thing. We would be talking about a much louder and more amplified and lengthier about how the power play continues to struggle. The team is now 0 for 22 over the last nine games. And it's an interesting thing, like I talked about. Uh, they do have a guy in-house, the head coach, for that matter. Spencer Carberry ran the number two power play in all of the NHL for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I know that he's not running it per se for the Capitals, but he might want to get involved. Uh, I think that he has the expertise of knowing what, how, what could potentially change it. I don't think that ultimately at the end of the day, we know if it would work or not. But it's, at, you know, it's worth a shot. At this point, we're sick of talking about why the power play isn't working. What we do know for sure is that it's not. And then one of the strong suits of this team has been the PK. The Caps have been perfect for 10 games until, uh, until tonight after killing off a five-on-three opportunity and getting back to five-on-four. Dylan Cousins buried a one-timer past Darcy Kemper to make it 3-2 to two for Buffalo. And again, it, it, it's been great as of late. It wasn't, it had a weakness tonight, but I'm not, you know, saying that uh, the PK is horrible. I mean, it just, it had, it was fallible. It had a weakness tonight and Buffalo found a way to score. But one of the things that needs to be addressed, it needs to get cleaned up, right? We know the PK, you know, historically this year has been pretty good. It was a little bit of a weakness tonight, but the thing that's glaring is the power play. So those are things that need to get cleaned up if this team is going to be successful. And again, it's sometimes it's like, why are you talking about this, Dan? The Capitals just won a game. They did. They did. But if they want to have sustained success, it's something that's going to have to be addressed if they have any hopes of making it any higher in the standings. I ultimately think they have what it takes. And, you know, not to be to gloss over this because it is a big thing. Just remembering how the Capitals did start the season near the bottom of the Metro, you know, one, three, and one. I remember talking to you guys about that. And as I record this from NHL.com in second place, the Capitals, New York Rangers are ahead of them. So it is, it is quite a thing. The sky's the limit um, for uh, this team, if they can ultimately do it. So the Capitals have 22 points, 
The New York Rangers have 27. Carolina has 22 points as well. So, I mean, there's going to need, there's going to still need to be some work if they want to be the top dog. If they want to take down the Rangers, either the Rangers have to start losing uh, or the Capitals are just going to have to keep steamrolling ahead and winning. Uh, but it's not a big gap there. You know, 22 points versus 27. And uh, the Thanksgiving, bre- uh, Thanksgiving break is always, you know, a measuring stick for a team. If you take a look at some of the teams that should be worried, I don't need to say it, you know, too much. You take a look at Columbus. You, know, you take a look at New Jersey. New Jersey, who started with such promise, only have 17 points and sit in seventh in the Metro. Um, just taking a look around, Boston continues to destroy 14-1. and one. They're okay. The Panthers coming on strong second place. But there's some teams that are already out of it already for the most part. You take a look at, you know, the Montreal Canadiens, 16 points. The Ottawa Senators, 16. And I know there's a lot of runway, but again... The Thanksgiving break is the litmus test, and I am, uh, you know, really happy that the Capitals found a way to turn it around. Uh, because if they were still sitting in like sixth or seventh place going into the break right now, I would be concerned. But as it is right now, after the win tonight, second place, there is a lot to feel good about Capitals fans. And you know, just to kind of at the end of the show here, take a look at teams that are struggling. Take a look at the Blackhawks, for example. Even with Connor Bedard have 10 points on the season on our 5 and 12. Could it be said that Connor Bedard would be better off playing in a different league right now? Does he need to be exposed to this level of failure? Something to ponder. Who's in the top of the Western and the Central? Dallas Stars. Winnipeg Jets, a team that historically hasn't been that great. And then you take a look at the Pacific. Vegas Golden Knights knocking it out of the park, 13 and 4 with 28 points. But already, two teams that are pretty much out of it at the Thanksgiving break, as far as I'm concerned, the San Jose Sharks and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Anaheim, you know, has come on strong based on the fact of, you know, good draft picks and some young players, a different team. But they're a team in fifth place that earlier in the season were higher in the standing. So it's interesting that we are still so early in the season, and yet some teams are almost out of it already. Not mathematically, but, you know, just based on statistics, Um, are pretty much already out of it. I'm glad the Capitals are not one of those teams. Listen, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, your only daily year-round podcast covering the Capitals. And I want to thank all of you that listen and watch this on YouTube every day. And thank everyone on the state side that has having Thanksgiving tomorrow, or even if you're up in Canada, have a great Have a great Thursday or a day off if it happens to be your day off. I'm so thankful that you guys decided to tune in and tune in on a regular basis. You are what makes this show successful. Listen, I want to thank you once again for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holney, and I'll talk to you again next time.